Thank you, John. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Okay, I don't know where to start. I was, um, when John asked me to speak, um, I wasn't actually quite sure what to speak about because obviously, uh, yeah, my life's been a bit longish. I mean, I've been on earth for a, for a, a fair few years. And then um, I also um, sort of conceded that uh, a lot of people actually don't really know me. I think I'm sure you've seen me. Uh, some people have seen me, but actually don't really sort of know who I am or, you know, um, I, I saw someone last week, uh, not last week, a week before, and I was like, oh, hello, this and the other, and they were like, oh, yeah, who are you? Um, have, I, have I met you before? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I've been coming to church for over a year. So um, thank you, John, uh, for giving me this um, privilege. Um, what I'll do is I'll um, share um, my testimony of how I came to know God, um, but also use um, a bit of my background um, so you can sort of get to know me a little bit. I was born and brought up in Zimbabwe. Um, I am one of 10 children of one mom and one dad. Uh, a, head, a head teacher dad and um, an obviously stay-at-home mom, 10 children. Um, yeah, so um, in the memories of my childhood, I think, because uh, my dad died when I was very young, when I was seven, um, uh, of my mom always going to church. Um, but the church that she used to go to was one of the, you know, the traditional churches, and it was quite far away from where we lived, so she used to go on her bike. So clearly she couldn't take all of us here brood with her to church. <laughs> and so um, growing up, uh, we never really went to church. I actually don't have any memories going to church with my mom. Um, but there was always a talk about God, and my mom would always pray, and she'd always rely on God uh, for things. But also my mom, um, who, bless her, she's 86, 87 this year. Um, her generation, they didn't always separate God and Christ from all the other traditional stuff that they, they did. So she'd, you know, they'd go to church and they'd sing and they'd be on fire and everything. But then when things happened and stuff, they'd still sort of go on to the other spiritual things that they always did and stuff. So I sort of grew up with both of them, um, familiar with both sides of the world in that, in that regard. And then um, I was born uh, in the 70s. And um, those that know a little bit about Zimbabwe, you would know that it was the time of the civil war in the country at that time. Um, so um, to try and make and cut the, the story. Um, We moved, okay, so when my dad died, uh, there was, my, uh, my dad was killed um, in the conflict of the war and stuff in the presence of all of us with my mom and all my other siblings, well not all, some of my other siblings and stuff. So we had to move from the area that we were into the um, city because it was obviously safer in the city and stuff. And... Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think I was about eight at the time that we moved into the city. 
And then when we moved into the city, then there wasn't really that much of God or like my mom, she, I don't remember her going, I, some of the things is because I was really young, so I don't really remember. So I don't remember her going to church anymore. So we didn't really do church per se in the house until um, when I finished my primary school, I decided that I wanted to go to boarding school to do my secondary education. So I picked a Catholic school to go to. And uh, when I started, uh, I didn't really know much about God and it, everything just became all Catholic and, you know, with all the stuff that goes on in the church. And I'm not going to criticize it because this is the church where I got born again. Um, yeah, so when I came back from school, I sought a Catholic church that was close to where we lived. And I joined the youth in the, um, in the church, just trying to find out more about God and to, to understand and um, God does work in mysterious ways because um, in this church, I don't know if you know the hierarchy of the Catholic stuff. So you have priests and then you have uh, people that are called brothers. So they are like a tier below the priests. They, they are also celibate, but I, I don't actually quite know what else they do. So there was um, one of such people that actually led the youth. And for some reason, this guy was actually born again. And so he led the youth, and uh, it was called the charismatic youth. That was what it was called within the Catholic Church. <laughs> so we used to, um, yeah, so it was in this place that I actually came to know God because we used to do youth that was um, very vibrant and very lively, and we used to read the Bible, and we used to do, like, you know, read the Bible as it is. But obviously, we were still Catholic, so we, when we then went into the main church, then we did all the other Catholic stuff, because as youth, you were expected to serve in the church, and you, you do all the other stuff. But before long, obviously, um, our shenanigans, or whatever we were doing, the godly things we were doing, we found out, and we were banned from the church, uh, from doing all these things that we were doing, and we were told, if you don't stop doing this, then you, you have to stop coming. And, and anyway, so that's what happened. So... Um, uh, it, a lot of us decided to move from the Catholic Church because at that time we understood God and we knew God. And we knew that it was not compatible and that we couldn't conform anymore. So we moved. And at that point, my older brother, uh, the one I come after, he'd actually also got born again. I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know how he, he came to find God, but God was doing amazing things. So you can imagine that in my family, I'm number eight. So I'm very close to the bottom. And so this is my brother, who's number seven. All our all the other older siblings didn't really know God. Um, and also a bit of my background is that um, obviously when my dad died, um, so my older sister had just finished her teacher training and my second older brother had just finished his course that he was doing, a health course. And so the two of them were working. And then the third brother had decided he wanted to join the army. So he'd gone off and we didn't know where he was, where in the world he was at that time. And everybody else below, my other sister was in teaching, uh, teacher training. And then everybody else below was in school. So what, what happened was um, as people graduated and they started working, they then came in to help my mom to raise the rest of us. So I didn't grow up poor. I, I, I didn't, God was good and faithful. So in that regard, but um, what happened was that we were, we viewed our older siblings as our parents in a way, uh, in, in that sense. So if you now understand that we are all getting born again from the bottom, 
in a family of the older siblings that don't actually really know God. And at the time that I got born again, you couldn't be quiet about your salvation. It was not possible because once you started joining these youth um, groups and then we had the fire on us and we were naive and innocent and we just loved God and we shouted it on the rooftops and we did really strange and weird things like, you know, praying for people, demons manifesting and, you know, and we were really like on fire. And, um, you know, I have so many testimonies of us going, because we didn't really have venues to pray sometimes and we'd just go out into the bush and we'd like pray and, you know, fast and would come home and as soon as you walk home, something happened and you knew that God was there and break, God was breaking stuff. So I come from that kind of background of Christianity where we didn't just mess about, we didn't just lay about. There was no opportunity to do that because if you did, something was going to get you. And like, because we were, break, we were the generation that broke away from our parents' practice of all these other spiritual things. So we were living with these things in the family. So you couldn't be lukewarm. Um, so, yeah, so that's really who I am. But um, what I also wanted to say about that is that uh, what I learned in, in my youth was that um, you build your altars as an individual with God. So maybe like landmarks, you know, things that, like, you know, God on this day you did this, and God on the other day you did that, and God on the other day you did that. And there were many times when we were all threatened with being expelled from my family. <laughs> like, okay, like properly expelled. Anyway, John, I'm going to be sure. I'd like, yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you one, one thing that happened. Uh, so fast forward a few years later, I'm at university and I live with one of my brothers who lived in Harare. Um, and so obviously I, oh, the brother who was in the army, he'd actually come back because he'd actually gone to Russia. I don't know if Anna's here to train for his um, communications and signals things. And so he'd come back and he was quite a senior person in the army. Um, so I lived with him uh, when I was off campus on, on, um, during university. And then my oldest brother, he was working for the national railways of the country at the time and he lived in another town. And he joined one of these I'm thinking of Jim and Margaret about something else, but yeah, they'll know this. Uh, in one of these cults, so there's this church that does all these weird things, and they wear all these funny garments, and they pray on the mountains, and they do really weird stuff. So he joined one of those groups. And at, at this point, uh, obviously, we knew that it was a cult and everything. So he'd reached out to his younger brother, my older brother, obviously, the one that I was living with, that when he was praying with these people, they saw something, that there was something wrong in the house, in my brother's house in Harare, and that they needed to come from wherever they were to come and pray for my brother. And as God would have it, I was at home at the time, and then I got to find out that this group of people are coming with their garments and with their water and their oil and everything, and um, yeah, so, so and then I obviously, in my spirit, I just knew that I wasn't going to do that and I wasn't going to be a part of it. But this was the first time that I was face-to-face -face with a rebellion moment with my brother, who I am living with. So I was like, okay, so I prayed about it, I fasted about it, and I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. And um, so these people um, came in the evening, and they all sat around, you know, in, in their room and introduced themselves, and they did everything. So I sat there, and they all... 
after all the introductions, I just politely said, um, can I please be excused? I'm sorry, I cannot be um, a part of this. And then I left the, the house and I went outside and did some other stuff. But clearly, my brother was so angry <laughs> that I was asked to leave, like, like he was afterwards, after these people had gone. So he was so upset, and then it was a family issue, and everybody, my family has this very, we still do it today, there's 56 of us married, children and grandchildren, when we all come together, there's about 56 of us. But at the time, they, so they called their core family meeting to discuss how rude I had been to my brother and that they, you know. But um, the, the reason I'm, I, I want to share this is because my older brother, the oldest brother, the one that had brought all these people into the house, that was his turning point. When he went back to his place, he, he tells me now that he asked himself, what is it that I had that made me so confident to stand up and tell them that I wouldn't be a part of it and also to be prepared to be um, asked to leave the house. I didn't leave the house. My brother didn't chase me in the end. Um, it all worked out fine. But, um, so after that, he then went and sought God for himself and he got born again. He is a pastor um, today and God-loving and fearful man. So, yeah, so, so, but, so basically, yeah, so that's my story, really. Um, but what I wanted to conclude by saying is that, you know, as the years have gone by and life has happened and I got married and I have children, a child and, you know, um, I have faced many, 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 many tough moments in my life, like where even I would be like, but God, where are you? And the reason I am still here today and I'm able to share is because I personally have known God and I have seen him work. And I know moments where if it were not for God, I would not be here. That is the reason why I keep going today, even when things are really hard. So thank you.